What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the 440 Guitar Podcast. I am your host, Jarrell Powell. Thank you so much for tuning up. You can get the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anchor.fm forward slash 440. Uh, be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram as well at the 440 Guitar Podcast uh, to get updates on the episodes coming out. And if you know of an artist that you'd like for me to speak with, uh, feel free to send me either a message on Instagram. You can email me at the 440podcast at gmail.com. Uh, or you can also send me a voicemail, believe it or not. If you go to anchor.fm forward slash 440, you can send me a voicemail as well. I actually was able to speak with a great artist that way also. So feel free to do that if you'd like to do so. Uh, today, I'm very, very excited to speak with this artist. Uh, he is a DC-based uh, guitarist and singer. Uh, he's known for his psychedelic soul with the touch of blues rock in addition to playing with uh, bands such as uh, Nappy Rhythm, The Ordinary Way, and The Future. Has shared the stage and toured extensively throughout the country with the likes of Legends, Blues Traveler, Junior Marvin, uh, Derek trucks band bob Ware, and i'm sure many others that uh i haven't uh, mentioned uh but the 440 guitar podcast is very uh humbly excited to speak with uh, gordon sterling how are you doing i'm good sir how are you i'm good i'm good i'm trying not to melt here in southern california <laughs> <laughs> i hear you man oh man yeah. It's uh yeah, it's getting uh it's getting pretty warm out here. Once I when I look at my uh my thermometer for how hot it is, it just says heat warning. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if there's any constellation, uh how- just start flat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like get in the house, turn on the AC. Uh how's it going over there? What do you have uh what do you have going on this week? I know your album, which we'll talk about later in the show, uh debuted last week. Congrats on that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Of course. Um, right now, we had a pretty full weekend because, like you said, we we released our record, and and uh, that was a, a big deal. Right, <laughs> right mm-hmm. now, uh, I am today. I'm kind of just chilling, which is good. But this week, kind of have some rehearsal later on, get some things tighter because we have a few shows coming up. Um, September 18th, we're going to be in in uh, Frederick, Maryland, and then on the. Uh, the 28th we're going to be in leesburg so we we have a bunch of stuff coming up um that we uh have to get ready for so we're kind of in that mode right now you know album's out now all the real work begins (laughs) (laughs) promoting we're already already exhausted leading up to it too right oh yeah i would imagine i would imagine definitely definitely so uh, so here on the 440 Guitar Podcast, we're really big on origin stories, how people got to where they are today. Um, so without further ado, um, one of the first questions I like to ask a lot of the artists that I speak to, tell me about your earliest memory of music. Wow, my earliest memory. Okay, my earliest memory of music. My parents are from Jamaica, and um, my dad, who got his business degree and spent his his professional life in business, he also um, had this great love for music. And in Jamaica, as here, when they moved here, there were a lot of house parties, right? Lots of dancing, lots of music. And there's no real separation. Like, you don't send the kids to the kids' room. It's like everybody just hangs out together. And my dad was like kind of like an amateur DJ. <laughs> and so my first earliest memories of music were him digging in his crates, Um in Queens, New York, is where they moved to the United States, where I was born. And uh, just seeing my parents and family and their friends just dancing and loving it. So my earliest memories of music were literally as long as I can remember and, and always a joyous thing. 
Wow. Wow. <clears throat> so as far as like uh like music in the house, was that something that was pretty prominent as far as growing up oh, listening to music and whatnot? Oh yeah, constant. Constant. Where there's reggae, calypso, soca, or uh um jazz. My dad would like the jazz. He loved R and B and funk. So, you know, I or still loves. He's still here. So um but yeah constant music actually in the car driving there always had music on so it's weird i didn't think about it that much but i guess you know it's yeah it's always been around and i'm like that now i constantly have music you know playing or watching or whatever you know yeah so it's it and it's always in my head (laughs) (laughs) it's such an it's such an interesting time now because i feel like sometimes we take it for granted where we have all these platforms where you have this minutia of music that you can choose what you want to listen to when i feel like back then it's like you had these dedicated records that were handpicked out this is Mm -hmm. what i like Mm -hmm. you know and then most of the time you know like actually you know, the eff- the effort of, of pulling it out and playing it, you know, I just feel like it just meant so much more then than it than it does yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a uh, and you had to search for music. Yeah. Back then. To search a lot more than you do than you do now. Right. But I mean I mean it's can take though, because music is so available now mm-hmm. that anybody can can then soak it up. I just I think it's easier to find music now, but a lot easier to take it for granted. Right. Right. <laughs> so I appreciate uh, any community that 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 is willing to embrace it, or anybody that's willing to you know embrace it full on. Because yeah. you know, music changed my life can change many lives. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's because I was I remember watching an interview where Questlove was having this conversation with somebody about like his like dad's like records, like his vinyl records, and like I guess mm-hmm. he like after he passed, he like sold the the vinyl records, and then he mentioned it to someone. And someone was like, why did you do that? And he was yeah. like, oh, man, why did I do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Why did he? <laughs> so he was trying to go and, like, get these records back. But then he became, like, an even bigger music lover. But I was just like, man, like, I wish I I wish I had, like, a huge collection of, you know, rec- vinyl records that I could pass on and keep, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm going to do with my dad's records, man. So I'm going to be the keeper of the flame. Awesome. <laughs> and keep those things going, man. Right. And vinyl, vinyl can't go away. We we're actually going to be releasing our record in um on vinyl, but probably in 2023. Oh, phenomenal! Vinyl. So right now it's only on streaming, but okay. Vinyl is important. That that can't die. Music sounds just different, you yes. know. On on vinyl, so warm and so just like you're just in it when listening to vinyl. It's, it's right. another experience. Yeah, that's how I've explained it too. As far as vinyl sound, it feels like you're in the room. It feels like you're in the room when, yeah. it's, when it's happening. You know, very, exactly, yeah. exactly. You were in on the session, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? Definitely, definitely. So, um, I want to talk about as far as just when it came to, you know, you learning the guitar. When how how old were you when you first kind of picked up the guitar for yourself? I was fifteen. 15 years old which which i don't know if that's late or not when people start playing guitar i i got into guitar really just kind of all of a sudden i i uh <laughs> it's a weird story but i i had a i had a dream one night that led me to playing guitar and wow. literally the next yeah it's kind of a strange thing it's a strange dream it's a lofty it's lofty sounding but it's real it's what happened to me i went to sleep one night 
and I had a dream that left me with the feeling that I needed to learn how to play music because I was going to be part of something that helped remind people of a side of themselves they'd forgotten. It was mm. the most profound thing other than the birth of my daughter that's ever happened to me. And I woke up the next day and was just like, I'm going to, I need to play music. I'm going to play music. <laughs> and I was always interested in the guitar. And so my parents, um, must have thought I was crazy, but they were like, all right. So I, I took guitar. They offered guitar in uh, in school, in my high school, at Robinson High School. And by this time, I was I lived down here. I lived in in, uh, in Virginia, in the, D, the D.C. area. And um, I they offered it as an elective my, in my sophomore year of high school. So I took it my sophomore year, my junior year. Had the same teacher, Glenn McCarthy, who I'm still friends with to this day. Mm. And... And just that was it, and I was hooked. <laughs> that is started five right when I got out of high school. That yeah. is so interesting. It's like a musical divine intervention. Yeah, that is crazy. so wild. That is so it wild. Crazy. It's an odd. I tell the story a lot because it's what happened to me. But it's always a weird story when I hear myself saying it. I'm like, man, people, people are gonna think I'm crazy. <laughs> it was what it said. But were you playing? Whatever. Were, were you so? Were you playing? Were you playing guitar in your dream? And then you woke up and you're just no, like, no, no. Okay, no, I wasn't playing guitar. The dream, the dream was just like you got to play music. Mm. And then I, I, when I woke up, I was like, I want to play music. But I'd always, always been like kind of interested in the guitar. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I was like, if I'm, if I'm gonna play something, I'm gonna play the guitar because yeah. the guitar is just. Cool. Mm. And uh, all the music that I really liked, all the people that you know, the guitar just moved me. All the players that I was into, just that's what I focused on. So yeah. naturally. That was like, all right, if I'm going to play music, I'm going to do guitar. Because wow. as a child, my my mother tried to get me to play piano, and I just wouldn't do it, you know? So it's weird <laughs> that I ended up playing music. <laughs> right, right. Wow. Um, talk a little bit as far as for some of the, the artists or guitarists that uh, inspired you to, you know, in fact, made that decision, you know, at 15 and wanting to play guitar. Who are some, some artists that kind of call out to you that you feel like were kind of rooted in your interest in playing guitar uh hendrix without a doubt and i know that's the you know the go-to for me but you know being a black guy playing guitar that's that's you know that was a big kind of uh symbol yeah. for me um especially the kind of guitar i wanted to play mm. hendrix though and and um jeff beck mm. definitely um I think about it. I would say, oh, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, David Gilmore. Um, yeah, those are people that that I wanted to be like. You know mm. what I mean? Uh, just, and they're all very different, but they're just approach to the instrument. It's just like to me, their sounds. All of the ones I just mentioned, their sound kind of transcends the instrument. You know mm. what I mean? It, it, current day people that do that are like Derek Trucks, who are mm. or they're just playing something that is just like, I don't know, just pulling something else out of the out of the air. It's it's it's, it's beautiful. It's amazing. So I mm. wanted to do that. I play something. I wanted to try to do that. Mm. I, I don't know if I'm succeeding, but I that's what I try to do. <laughs> he's my he's my favorite slide guitar player. He's in Derek Trucks. Yeah, he's in. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. ridiculous. I I uh, was lucky enough. My old band, The Ordinary Way, 
we played a couple of festivals and gigs that his that their the Derek Trucks band was on. Yeah. And got to meet him once or twice. But he is yeah, man. That guy is he's he's pulling from something else in the universe. It's not you know what I right. mean? He's not playing guitar. It's not. It's just you can feel it, you know? People right. who don't care about music are just like moved by it. That's something special, I think. Yeah. I it's funny if he, you... he's a guy of inspiration for sure. Sorry, yeah. No, no, not at all. No, I was gonna say like it's it's funny because I, I feel like the guitar the, the guitar is one of those fun instruments where you get to showboat. You know what I mean? It's like and we've seen yeah. some of our greats do this great showboating. You know, like Freddie King or BB King, and you know, yeah. and for you know, and for uh, and obviously you know Hendrix as well. But you know, you talk about Derek Trucks, and he's he's so focused every time he plays. You know, yeah. it's yeah. like yeah. it's like he's just. You know, it almost reminds me of like like, like John Coltrane or something, where it's just yeah. he is he is focused on something spiritual or something, you know, in the air that is really pulling through, you know, and 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 putting through that speaker, you know, through through his guitar. Right. So it's just it's like he's in a different world, you know what I mean? Right, it's, right. like a uh, what is it a um, a vessel or a a. a a channel for, for something else. So it's almost like he can't showboat. You know what I yeah. mean? He can't. He's using all of his being to just like, he's got to focus right there. He's like, don't fuck it up. Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's Ooh. funny. It, it's, it's, you know, you know, you're a special guitar player. I remember when BB King he said because he performed with them in very, very like in the the pretty much the the latter years of of BB King's life before he passed. But he was just like, man, if I was a girl, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was like, that is a comment that's like so amazing. Like if if one of the greatest yeah. guitar players would tell you that, like, oh man, man, that's it. That's yeah. it. I'm playing guitar forever. <laughs> He said that in front of his wife. Just <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That's awesome!" That's hilarious. That's hilarious. I can't uh, wait to get that old. I hope I get that old where I can just like say whatever the hell I want in front of anybody. Man. And it's like you're. It's like he's a legend. Like no one's gonna say anything. Well, you gonna say to him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Now, obviously, uh, not only just guitar, but you have a wonderful voice. Um, Thank you. Of course, much. of course. When did that start happening? Was that kind of at the same time, or when did you kind of like start yeah. singing? Yeah, it was kind of the same time, man. I'll be honest with you. When I so when I first started, I had this this dream, like I said, and I was just like, all right, well, I'm gonna do this. Then, like a couple of years later, rubber hit the road, and it was like, all right, now I'm gonna put a band together. Um, and I uh. I was shy. I wanted to be, so I, I wrote songs, right? I still obviously write a lot of songs. Um, but I, I pictured myself as a, as a backup singer and a rhythm guitar player, right? I didn't think that I was going to be uh, in the front at all. And then at, the more I started to write these songs, I started to like sing to them. And the, my friend, Chris, who was the, uh, original bass player in, in The Ordinary Way in my first band that I was talking about. He was like, look, man, you're writing all this stuff and you sound good singing it. You're writing it around your voice. Like, you have to be the singer, you know? And then same thing with, with lead playing is that that's something that just, I was always interested in, but didn't necessarily have the confidence. And it just kind of gradually was just like, well, who else is going to do it? You got to do it, <laughs> you know? And so I did it and could do it, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it didn't. 
I didn't have any voice training outside of um, taking it as an elective with guitar. I didn't have any, I only had one guitar teacher and I had him one period a day for mm. two years, you know? Um, but it kind of just, I just can. I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I hope I don't lose it. Mm. You know, I've gotten tips from other singers that I know that are wonderful singers that over the years that have taught me like breathing the correct way and all that. But as far as us being able to sing, I think it just, it just kind of happened. There was mm. no, mo you know, I didn't like sing in church or anything like that. I just, I just can. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a testament to your ear as well. You know what I mean? Because I feel like there's a lot of people that you can tell that they and I'm not a singer personally, but um, but you can tell when there when there's certain folks that have a vocal range. But as far as actually controlling that, you know, that's where yeah. kind of like the training is needed. But when it comes to you singing, I mean, I. You know, I could, I could, like, I, I could, like, if it was me, I would say you'd be singing professionally for years and years and years. You know what I mean? So it's just like, oh, like, you know, obviously, whatever you're, you're, you're writing to your voice, like, it's, it, it matches great. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been, I mean, now I've been singing professionally for a while, but as far as like a trained professional, yeah. <laughs> not a trained. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and even professional is loose. Like I get paid for doing it, so I guess it makes you a professional. But right. you know, I don't know. I, I it's hard to think of myself as, as a grown up still. <laughs> <laughs> um. So tell me about the uh, as far as when you, because I know you said you're in the the you're in the, the prior band, uh, the Ordinary Way. Tell me about yeah. when you assembled, uh, you know, Gordon Sterling and the people. So Gordon Stone and the people happened. Okay, so this is this is funny. Um, so after Ordinary Way, I and friends of mine started Future, and then after Future, I joined Nappy Rhythm, mm -hmm. and then Nappy Nappy Rhythm doesn't play as much. It happens every once in a while. Um, our singer Mustafa, rest his soul, passed away oh. um, years ago in 2019, and so we you know we play every once in a while. You know, and I'll do lead and stuff. But Gordon Stern, the people happened out of just a necessity, I guess. I just, I, I wanted, you know, to be heard again, I guess, as a, as a front man. And I, um, I wanted to have a band that represented, because I've led bands, you know what I mean? I, I, but, but I haven't had a band that was really, like, kind of my vision and that does that doesn't mean that the other players can't write everybody's welcome to write um i kind of hog the lyrics but <laughs> but everybody's <laughs> welcome to write music um but i wanted it to be a reflection of what i really wanted to do um the original incarnation of gorgeous showing the people um before the pandemic was it was com literally completely different a completely different uh group of people and they are my you know uh friends to this day most of them are my friends to this day and um always will be my friends but again when i started that it didn't feel like this one does and then the pandemic hit and kind of reset everything you know and it happened at a weird time because i almost put out an ep with that other group right we put out one single um america the critical um but then pandemic hit and i just kind of like 
you know, with Cliff, the uh, other guitar player in the band now, um, with it being the pandemic, I was like, okay, I got it. Like a lot of people have to figure out something money wise or something. So, cause gigs weren't happening obviously. Um, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to teach, but I'm so far removed from learning the guitar that I kind of have to like learn to teach again. You know what I'm saying? Like to, to bring myself back to, to there so I could relate to a younger player. So I came to my friend uh, Cliff, or he came to me rather, and was like, hey, if you ever want more lessons of how to, you know, do that, I can help you out. We got together. Those lessons quickly, I don't think a lesson happened. I think they turned right into, like, writing sessions immediately. Oh, wow. Because he was like, I have this thing. What you want to hear, hear this thing? I just want your opinion on the song. I heard it, and I was like, can I actually do something to that? And I, like, finished the song for him. He's like, oh, and then we just instantly got this kind of symbiotic mind thing going where we can just write songs like that. You know what I mean? And and I was like, all right, this is cool. And then Scott and and Dave, uh, a bass player and 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 drummer respectively, I played with them in a trio sense for years. And I was like, they've got to be the trio. I mean, they they've got to be the the drummer and the and the uh, keyboard player. I mean, drummer and, and bass player. Sorry. And then Natalie, our keyboard player. I played with her. I used to run this jam <clears throat> in D.C., this place called Gypsy Sally's for a while, and she was my keyboard player there. And I was just like, that's who I want to play keys. And so I realized from kind of like putting this together, I was like, actually, this is Gordon Sterling and the people. Like, this this right here is actually what I want. And I came to the other guys and explained that to them. And also, you know, with them, they also had other projects and things like that going on, the other musicians um that i had before and uh luckily they understood and you know were very supportive of it and i i um thank them for that you know and uh started this one so i guess it's kind of in the pandemic so whenever the pandemic came out and we were playing shows i guess that was 2021 mm. so this nation's only been around for like a year or so wow we recorded this album in 2020 no 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 wrong Recorded it in 2021, in February 2021. Oh, wow. So, yeah, this this incarnation hasn't been around very long. And that happened <laughs> after it's writing. So, yeah, man. Wow. So, 2020 during the pandemic. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, because you guys play so well together. I mean, it's very it's a very cohesive group of folks that you have, you know. Thank you. On the, yeah, on that project, so shout out, shout out to those those artists as well. Um, I guess this is a great time to go into the the album. So, uh, Gordon Sterling and the People, the album Truth out now. Um, before we get into a little bit on just kind of your notion as far as like the process of like writing the album, things like that. There's a lot of things I appreciate on the the, the album that I when I listen to it. Firstly, it, I feel like your guys' sound it reminds me of like. Tom Petty and Sly and the Family Stone with like Hendrix thrown oh. in there. <laughs> oh, okay. I could no, I'm I'm into that. That's, yeah. that's uh I take all that as a compliment. Yeah, right? no, I absolutely is because th- those are all those are all, you know, obviously those are the very uh just high tier artists that I, I absolutely appreciate. I feel like a lot of the song structure reminds me a little bit of like a Tom Petty thing, but just very soulful, you know, and then obviously you got some really strong, like soulful blue stuff in there. Um, I think my favorite, my favorite songs in there, uh, uh, all in all, I'm a big fan of, 
the wind that did him in and then i'm beautiful i think those are just like killer records killer Thank records killer records i'm beautiful was the second single and it quickly became our most popular song because mm. you can get the metrics on the when you release it on um on uh, on uh streaming platforms you can like see which songs are doing you know what i mean so, so i think truth both spins but i'm beautiful went the farthest fastest mm. and uh, yeah that that's um it, yeah, all of those songs. So, all, truth is, the album is just that. It's it is it is uh, getting out my truth out off my chest, right? Lyrically, um, and it those three songs that you mentioned, like the wind that did them in, is very autobiographical. Mm. You know, I'm I am the kid in the story. Um, and uh, for those of you who want to know what he's talking about, go download the record. <laughs> You'll see what we mean. Um, I guess they're all autobiographical. All in all is just about, I think I wrote that from a place of, of, of like I said, during the pandemic, just like, you know, thinking of the things you can control or the things you can, you know, I said like all in all, you know, we did the best we could, you know what I mean? There's nothing left to say. That's, it's kind of like the, the, the theme of that, uh, of that record. And, you know, I, I felt that way after, you know, when you're looking at the, at the world of the pandemic, we didn't know where things were going to go. We didn't know, you know, it's like, well, you know, all in all, man, all you can do is, is all you can do. And, and and then hope for the best, be good to each other, hope for the best. That's where that one came from. Um, I'm Beautiful is all obviously about being black in America and dealing with with the uh, way America can be to us. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned those songs and I'm glad you got into them and, and they, you know, they hit you because that's what they're for. Yeah. <laughs> they're for people to get into them. I, ho- I really hope that people can draw some of their own stories out of it mm-hmm. you know not just and then but they you know find a way to connect to it yeah definitely one thing i wanted to mention too is that i feel like the album there's like something for everyone for this album mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is like for like someone who appreciates like really good lyricism and then those who just appreciate like, you know, like soul and blues, but then also just like music lovers. Like you have, you have five, six, eight, ten, almost 12 minute songs on this album. And I think that's fantastic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're, we're, we're the, we're the right now, the status quo is, you know, songs that are like two, three, four minutes, but you guys yeah. have these really great grooves and pockets where it's like, no, let's stay on this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everyone's just everyone's just ripping and it's just crescendoing, you know. And I'm just like, I really <laughs> dig this, you know, because I you. first thought it was a live album at one point. And I was like, no, it's not a live album. This was recorded, you know. And I was like, wow, like these songs are like these songs are are, are are as if like, you know, it's like the James Brown cuts where it's like, no, Sex Machine and Resident was like 10, 12 minutes. That was the yeah. song, and they had to cut it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I appreciate that. We we tried to get lightning in a bottle. We tried to, because we're a very live band. We're a very live band. And um, 
there are some bands that are just like more suited for the studio, you know, and and we wanted to try to make a record that was like you said, soulful and warm and kind of, you know, you could sit down and just listen to these songs, but also we're a fucking rock band. Like we want to get down and like fetch out sometimes. So we tried to find, we luckily our um, producer, Ryan Leonardo, he was actually the percussionist in the ordinary way in my first band. And so he, he and I have known each other for, you know, (laughs) years. And, (laughs) and I, um, you know, he, during the pandemic, he was like, yo, man, I want to, uh, you know, I want to do some studio stuff. Cause he does a lot of live engineering too. And he's like, I want to do more studio recording. Um, if you know of a band that, that's interested, you know, let me know. And I was like, actually, I do know a band. <laughs> uh, I, I want to do it. He's like, really? He's like, oh, I didn't think you were, didn't you just record with The Last Incarnation? I was like, yeah, yeah, but change it up. We got all these new songs. I want to go in and do a full album. He's like, full album? He's like, all right, I got you. We went into 38 North, which is a studio here in uh, Virginia. It's in Falls Church, Virginia. And a guy, uh, I know named Buddy Fair, owns it. And he um, was gracious enough to, you know, open it to us for a few days. Uh, and we got some great stuff in there. They have, they have a Neve console in there, which is great. Yeah. Wow. So we got to record that on a Neve, which is, which is really dope. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 uh, we did most of it. So the basic tracks, um, we went in there and did do them live, and then went in afterwards and overdubbed a whole bunch of stuff. So mm-hmm. at the core, it's a live record, like you're saying, or or at least when I say a live record, we you know played it together, but then we were able to just add all this other stuff like i said our producer was so wonderful helping us with that and mold the sound so yeah thanks it it seems like the way you are taking it is as we intended it so great thank you great great (laughs) yeah yeah man yeah i just love that it's it's a it's a it's really an album for people who just you know love music and obviously you have really you know you have some really powerful messaging on the project as well but just the just the fact of it being easy to listen to, I think is really important as well. Just as important. So yeah, really, really, really fun. And uh, yeah, I just, I just love, I just love the bucket five, six, eight minutes. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. Goes it. Right, goes. <laughs> yeah. I'm all for yeah. it. You know, I'm all for it. I was like, wow, they really, they, they really said, like, no, this is how long the songs are. But I mean, I feel like one of the biggest, one of the biggest things is that I feel like when you have people listening to this, you're going to have a lot of people that are be like, man, I got to see him live when they tour. I got to see him in my city. So like, yeah, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's what we're hoping. For. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, now I wouldn't be a guitar player or a guitarist if I didn't ask about your gear, you know? All so, right. <laughs> so okay. the, the, obviously, you know, when I see, uh, videos on YouTube or whatnot, you know, you're, you're holding that, that lovely strat. I mean, tell me about, uh, the, the guitars that you used on the project. Okay. So that's strat. That is Coco. That is my favorite guitar. And yeah, I'm that guy. I named my guitars. Hey, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so Coco is a, okay. In 20, was it 2012 or 2013? They did, um, Fender did a, a special run, custom shop, did a special run of 1959 Strat. 
They only made 59 of them. And Coco is number 21 of 59. In fact, that's 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 the uh the uh serial number says 21 of 59. Wow. <laughs> and <clears throat> back then I worked at Guitar Center and yeah, I literally unboxed that guitar when it came off the truck. And so wow. I was the first person to grab it and hold it. And I was like, what is yo? Played it, fell in love with it. Um immediately wanted to buy it but you had to get permission from our well then they had district managers I had to get uh and they, they switched it up now i don't think they have district managers now but back then they did have to, and i did not get along with my district manager i got along with my store manager but my district manager did not like me and so mm. i didn't think he was gonna he was gonna allow me but he was like if you buy it today you can get it and i was like if i buy fuck so i didn't have enough money on me I just applied for a guitar center credit card <laughs> on the spot. Got oh, approved wow. on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it worked out. It worked out. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I love that guitar. It's a, so it's, it's designed off a 1959 uh, Strat. When I got it, it had Fat 50s in it. Um, I took the, the Fat 50 pickups, uh, custom shop Fat 50s. I took those out. And in the neck, in the middle position, it's Seymour Duncan Antiquity Texas Hots. Okay. Um, then in the bridge, it's a Seymour Duncan Little 59. Mm, so Nice pickup. And then it's, I also put a Gilmore Mod in it, which gives the, like, I guess three more tonal options. Mm. So, yeah, I, I love that guitar. And a treble bleed, because you need a treble bleed. So, yeah, those are the specs <laughs> on, on that. That was the guitar I used for the majority of the album. I don't think I used anything else actually on the record. I might have just used that and my acoustic. I've got a couple tellies as well, but I didn't. I didn't use those. I used. I used just that strat. Yeah, I think that was it. If I'm not mistaken. I think I. Yeah, I don't think I used another guitar in that record. That's crazy. <laughs> huh. Whatever, man. I guess that was the sound. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, tell, any any certain pedals you use, like as far as like overdrives that you use on the project? Yeah, yeah. So, um, what I use now, what I use, okay, I, I changed my rig a little bit from when I did the record. Um, now, damn, I wish I had it here. It's at our practice space. I, mm -hmm. I wish I could just like show it to you right now. <laughs> um, so my overdrive, I use, I use few so my main overdrive is a tim pierce from j rocket audio tim pierce mm. and it's dual um sided it has a power amp side and then just the overdrive side and they work together and independently of each other and it's made to uh tim pierce helped design it. and he, he wanted it to sound like a nailer mm. so it's designed off of a nailer amp and it's it's I, it's my favorite thing it's on all the time mm. even when and clean stuff i just roll the volume off for clean but it's always on because nice. um, it's a different clean also than when i just you know um i then have on the album i used a dude and j-rocket audio i okay. used all my drive pedals are old j-rocket audio so i used the j-rocket audio dude on the album in conjunction with my um tim pairs mm -hmm. and then also added a um the echoplex preamp to kind of warm it up and when i'm doing lean 
I have since taken the dude off my board and put on again J Rocket Audio. They they're my favorite overdrive company. Awesome. Um and and they don't pay me. I'm not I'm not sponsored by them. They're just I just like their stuff. Um but I put a J Rocket Audio uh flex drive and mm-hmm. I use that in connection with my Tim Pierce now and and with the um the uh Echoplex as the preamp. Nice. And delay wise I have an Echoplex as my like um when I'm gonna do leads just to add a bit of zhuzh to it. It's not so much a delay that you know what I mean? Sometimes you can add delay and it just adds a little like atmosphere. Yeah. But it's not a full on delay. Right. Uh, I use a Strymon uh El Capistan version two hmm. uh, as my freak out delay. Nice. Um I've got a uh I use a Cali seventy six stacked as my oh, as my compressor, I love that thing. Love that thing. Um, I use a uh, what is it? Uh, love pedal rubber chicken mm. as my filter. Um, Boss OC five that I use on the poly setting for my for my octave. Mm. Um, I've got a full tone. Um, Clyde Deluxe as my wah, a full tone uh, Deja vibe um, as my my vibe, and a full tone uh, uh, Super Trem One as my my tremolo. And uh, <laughs> for a while, I didn't like to tell people I use full tone. Yeah, did, did you hear the story about that yeah. guy? Yeah, yeah, you know the deal. Yeah. The only reason I'm mentioning it now is because he's going out of business, which. I'm glad he is. Yeah, he it's unf- he made he made great pedals, but obviously he's a you yeah know, he's an ass. Right. Yeah, I'm glad he's off the scene. And and like I said, the only reason I'm saying it now is because he can't make any more money off of those pedals. Right. And other people that have them maybe can. So good, but but not to whatever. What's yeah. the name? Mark Fuller. Name is yeah. Not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan of the guy. Yeah. Good. Right. Right. Um, what uh, what amp did you use? To, what, what did you play through for the album? Oh, I, okay. So I used a um, um, a sixty-five twin reverb. Ooh. Um, is is my main big amp, and that one's been modded quite a bit. I've got I've got a triode switch on it. Um, I've got a power cut switch on it. Um, and the power cut switch I can go from either from like like full or half. Um, and I usually set it on half power, and then with the triode switch, mm-hmm. kick in, squishes it down a bit, compress it because that that amp can be really bright and just loud as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use, um, I think in that there's Softex, I think right now tubes, and then I've got um, two WGS ET65s in as. Uh, my speakers and that, and then I also used a very heavily modded Blues Junior NOS. Oh wow! Um, that is a um, I've got two soft techs the, as the power tubes, and then the preamp tubes are JJs. And I also put a, uh, a ET65 in that, 
But then I've just recently got, and it, it, I did like a Bill M mod to it. And uh, my amp guy actually <laughs> had a Marshall um, transformer that he was able to slip into it. Cause oh, the one wow. just like totally pushes the hell out of amp. Like it does not sound like a blues journal anymore at all. Um, and then it's, um, in fact, that's it, the guitar that I used. That's the amp I used on the lead for I See You on our album. I See You is that amp. It just screams. And then I've um, I've since added a extension cab to that amp because that's another thing. I just modded it so it can take an extension cab. And that one, the extension cab has a um, a tone tubby uh, organic Alnico amp cone. So wow, that's that's all good. that's the gear <laughs> <laughs> so need, needless to say you're, you're very uh particular on your on your sound and how it, how it's shaped that's cool because I've, I've talked to yeah. it's funny i've talked to so many oh, different oh, folks oh, right. go ahead. i'm not continue continue i was just saying i forgot my reverb pedal <laughs> oh oh, <laughs> oh, oh well, go ahead go ahead go ahead I, sorry i use a new neighbor immerse 2 hmm. as my reverb on the on the wet setting wet three setting i think is what they call it whatever but yeah oh, i'm nice. super uh, tone i am a, a gear nerd that's big great. time that's great yeah it's funny because yeah, I've, I've talked to people mm-hmm. where it's like phenomenal players are just like man i just know the guitar like i <laughs> you know yeah. and i'm like oh wow you know that's cool but there's a lot of guys like that that are just like man i but with me i just i used to be like that and then i just got like I, one day i was like man i want to sound like what i sound want to sound like all the time i don't want to guess anymore and so I got into the dark world of pedals <laughs> and dark world of gear. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm still there. I'm, I'm never coming out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the same way too. Definitely. So, um, so one of the last questions I wanted to ask you, you know, for someone listening to the album, is there a certain message that, or, or a certain way that you want them to feel after listening to it like what 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 would you say is kind of like something that you want to get out of that you want the album to to kind of communicate to the listener as far as from a message perspective from just a musical perspective is there any any anything in particular that you're trying to kind of like you want like i want this fan like whoever listens to it to get this message out of the project yeah man to live your truth no matter what that is, and don't be afraid of doing. That's why the album's called that. You know what I mean? It's it is, um, you know, find out the thing that makes you special, find that spark that makes you special, and be that at all times, Un- unapologetically be that, as long as it is a positive thing. I mean, don't you know? If your truth is to go out there and, you know. <laughs> Be <laughs> awful. Yeah. yeah. It's just like keep your truth to yourself. But <laughs> if, if truth is to, you know, what whatever it is that makes you you, you know, it's um these are strange, strange times that we are living in, you know. Um and I think that you know the the, the there's a lot of things that are going on in our world that can stifle one's spirit, that can make someone feel like what's the point or make you know sometimes someone may feel forgotten feel overlooked or feel you know cast out you know um don't be deterred by any of that don't be afraid to be you don't be afraid to you know 
fight for the things you believe in, like the right way. You know what I mean? Don't be afraid to uh, to be who you are, whatever that is. Black, white, gay, straight, transgender, whatever. It doesn't matter. Be be you all the way. Be, live your truth. Live your truth. Right. You know, please. That that's that's what I would want people to get out of it. I hope you will get, you know, a joy of sense of self. Great. Great. Well, Gordon Sterling, it's been a great pleasure having you on the show, man. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course. Well, there you have it, folks. This is Jarrell here on the 440 Guitar Podcast. We will jam again soon and have a good day. (laughs) 